0: welcome to the high profit event show my name is rudy rodriguez founder of the virtual event sales team and wingman coaching worldwide we provide world-class self-support services with integrity and on this podcast we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes so stay tuned Welcome to today's episode. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Chris Dakele. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Rudy. I'm glad to be here. Ah, the crowd goes wild, Chris. Yeah. Uh, you know, this has been an interview that I've been waiting to have with you for gosh, almost two years now, man. Nice. Since we got to work together with uh, Mark Moss and the tremendous success that we had together in uh, doing that first event and doing over 2 million, 2.1 million in sales. A lot of great lessons learned. Look forward to you know hearing your perspective on it as one of the founders of that of that event. Um, but before I do, I want to share uh, some of the bio points for for our audience so I know a little bit more about you. One, um, you know, you've been a serial entrepreneur for many years, been around the block. I mean, since 2002, uh, you've been doing various online marketing businesses, including launching a SaaS company and selling it uh, in 2008, and that was in the real estate industry. And since then, you've been focused on growth through business architectures like EOS and scaling up. And you've taken thousands of hours uh, of your experience inside of businesses, and now you're integrating that with uh, AI to help uh, prepare um, business to scale seamlessly with AI and also AI um, certifications for people to become, um, you know, chief AI officers, which is a really exciting trend. I'm excited. Yeah, to hear. Thank you. So, welcome.
1: Happy to be here. Thanks so much. I'm uh, excited to share uh, the huge success that we shared together in Miami at the end of uh, 2021, as well as what I'm doing now with this, the AI certifications. Yeah, excited, man. It's a hot trend. Uh, so, can you start
0: maybe just giving us a brief overview of your experience, you know, working together with Mark for sure. that event and, you know, how your collaboration, our collaboration contributed to the success of the event?
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, a lot of our efforts in supporting companies has been in what we call growth architecture. And that is um, architecting the the growth plan for a company so that it's pain free and issues have been mitigated in advance and things like that. Uh, Mark was originally a client. Um, We hit it off. I really respect what he's doing. I respect the lifestyle that he's created with his business. he is uh, unequivocal about his positions on things. And I found that his position to be uh, very knowledgeable. If you've ever seen any of Mark's content, you know that Mark does a lot of research into um, questions that are going around in the world right now. Uh, So Mark had reached out to assist with that. One of the ideas that uh, came out during that process was um, I've hosted a lot of live events. I've produced a number of live events in the past. And I was like, you're not doing anything here. You've got um, great rapport with your audience. Uh, I saw the comments, you know, from his, uh, YouTube and everything like that. People love what Mark's doing and to deny them the opportunity to engage in a, you know, like a live, live situation of a, a personal, you know, across the table from somebody. I thought he was doing his, um, some segment of his audience, a great disservice. We talked him into it. Um, And that was the genesis of what he now has as his inside line mastermind that has been extremely successful. Um, His mastermind participants have been able to uh, get early investment opportunities that Mark's presented with because of his position in the marketplace. And uh, I think they've had a lot of fun as well in the process, both Mark and the members of the mastermind.
0: Awesome, man. And what do you think were some of the key factors that led to that uh, uh, astounding, you know, results of 2.1 million in sales from that event?
1: Yeah, it wasn't a huge room. I think maybe 400 people around there, something like that. And to be able to um, realize that many uh, mastermind enrollments from such a small group was uh, was proof. Pretty remarkable. You know, I, I think that what led to the success again was that Mark had been true to the voice and the Mark, like he, he hadn't been somebody to jump on. uh, Now I'm an expert at this. Now I'm an expert at that. He's very um, clear on the contribution he brings to his students, I guess you'd call them. Um, And Not only that, but again, to to reference the comments and the feedback and that sort of thing, because we got intimately involved in the operations of his business for a while there, and uh, Mark was changing lives, for sure, with the knowledge that he was sharing, Um, and people were extremely grateful. Uh, I think he was giving a voice to uh, an underrepresented um, avatar in the marketplace, kind of that, that libertarian um ideal that there's not a whole lot of libertarian masterminds out there I don't that I've heard of. Um, and particularly with his uh forecasts with Bitcoin in particular. Um, he's been a huge student of of what, um what, what what distinguishes Bitcoin, I think, from everything else in the the crypto exchanges. Um, and Mark is a, uh, he's, extremely intelligent, but he's a surfer. So he's not, you know, the suit and tie guy. He's not stuck up. So I, I think that Mark's persona was very relatable and approachable to a lot of his folks. However, there weren't many opportunities to interact with Mark in a live environment, other than uh, if you were, if you happen to be at somebody else's event, Mark was keynoting or one of the featured speakers, you know, possibly, but this was an opportunity for the event to fully encompass Mark's personality. it was it was Mark's show. Uh, and I think that people were really excited um, to be able to immerse in the paradigm of Mark Moss live. I think that had a lot to do with the success of it. Um, additionally, you know being an architect of, of growth and companies, we spent a lot of time uh, planning the event and really thinking about the experience of the attendees beyond just seeing a series of speakers and learning stuff. We, um, One of the things that we did that was, I think, very effective was we created different tiers of access uh, with the different pricing and the ticket prices. Uh, the, the folks that were, you know, that participated at the VIP level experienced um, really first-class treatment and The we made the speakers lounge the VIP lounge. So if you were a VIP, you could go in there and it was fully catered and uh, all set up as like a almost like a co working space kind of vibe. But you might be, you know, getting there, getting a snack, and the guy next to you in line might be the next speaker up on stage. So it gave those folks the opportunity to not just access Mark, but to access Mark's peer group who he referenced frequently in his, you know, in his research and interviews and things like that. And I just there was a lot of starstruck individuals in there that were able to, you know, hey, Anthony Pompliano, Pomp, can I ask you a question? Like some really big names and uh Mark's space were there hanging out, enjoying the interaction with the VIPs. And the VIPs, of course, not only did they have the creature comforts that we provided them, but they had the ability to get very specific. Hey, here's my situation. You're an expert. What do you think? Um, and that was you couldn't have put a price on the access that everybody got to that. Um, So, you know, those were some of the key things that I think really set the tone for everybody's experience at the event. There was no question that the list of speakers had been highly curated and definitely experts. I mean, we got people to come to to speak at Mark's event that either don't speak publicly or usually charge like a high uh, honorarium, I think it's called a speaking fee. Uh, And these folks were just, They wanted to be around not only the attendees, but the other speakers that we had um, brought together for this event. They all wanted to support Mark because uh, again, Mark's uh, anybody that's done business with Mark, he's got a a great reputation. He's a straight shooter for sure, but there's no question of his integrity. Um, And there was just a lot of excitement leading up to and during the event from Everybody, the person who bought the last ticket, who came at the last minute to, you know, like the speakers that we had, some of which are uh, were billionaires. So and they were not trying to go and play the elitist game. And oh, I'm a speaker. I'm going to hide back here. They were very I mean, we got hundreds of pictures of the speakers coming off the stage and just hanging out with everybody in the hallway and crowds around them as is typical at an event. But rather than being rushed off by a handler. These speakers were hanging out and they were asking questions of the audience. And um, it was just, it was a a very special experience for all of us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a really great. uh, Yeah, it was a cool event. Yeah, that was really, really cool. And I I agree. It was neat to have that VIP access for people to connect and get to know people. And people were so down to earth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, without revealing too much of Mark's uh, secret sauce, as we know, he's very skilled in business. Um, Can you share any other insights as far as the success of like the sales at the event and, you know, how we were able to. It was, yes, it was very
1: well orchestrated. Um, You and I knew each other through mutual friends, but we had never worked together before. Um, But we met on a like a VIP harbor cruise at TNC. No, we didn't meet there. Somebody told me, I told them what I was doing. And they was like, oh, you got to talk to my friend, right? Um, who was Kate, right? I think it might've been the other way around, something like that. But and then Kate sent me a picture a few days later. And no, it was you and I met. You told me what you did. I was like, oh, that's nice. There's a lot of guys that sell it, You know, like a lot of sales teams out there. Um, and I know a lot of sales teams. And the fact that we chose you says a lot that, I mean, like you're the best. But that's what it was. I got a picture from Kate about three days later holding the business card I had given you. And it was you two, I think maybe in Cabo or something like that. Um, And that kind of sealed the deal because Kate was also supporting some of Mark's uh, operations as well. And, um, you know, once we started the process of working with you and your team, I could tell. So here's the secret for those of you who don't know. Some sales guys are sharks. And they're not They're The sale, that type of sales persona, they're above all the details. They're like, just put the people in front of me. I'll close them. Right. Like don't some of the even very uh, high achievers in the sales space. They don't spend that much time getting to know the product or the avatar or anything like that. They just think that they've got the gift and they can go and sell. Right. Um, This was not that experience. Uh, Pretty much from the start, you and your team were involved in. Uh, regular communication with the uh, with the event team that we had on our side that was putting everything together. There's a lot of dialogue between uh, my operations people, your operations people. Uh, there was a lot of ideation and brainstorming that occurred. And I think the end result of how we structured the sales at that event was masterful. It I, I should have thought about it in advance, but I could show you pictures. I mean, you were there, but for those of you who were watching listening to this, I could show you pictures videos of the call to action and damn near the entire room. And it wasn't one of those like old Dan Kennedy or Ron LeGrand kind of run to the back of stage with a credit card. It was the way we had structured this. And I don't want to give away the secret sauce too much, but we had structured an opportunity for the individuals to get some analysis and feedback on kind of how they were prepared for what was coming in the market and that sort of thing. And so there was a ton of value. It wasn't, hey, go buy the thing. It was, hey, sit with our team to review the results of, of the quiz or the analysis that we asked you to complete. And we'll kind of give you some pointers and we'll uh, maybe help you see some blind spots. And the way that that was positioned, it was a truly an irresistible offer. There was no charge for that analysis. It was part of the event. And whether or not you opted in for the mastermind or anything like that, everybody was able to participate in that. And everybody got value from those conversations and those conversations, as your team does, they were conducted one-on-one. So the individuals and the folks from your team had the opportunity to um, discuss discreetly things that you might not want to raise your hand in an audience of 400 people and ask those types of questions. So uh, there's no question that the value that, that the, uh, audience got from those one-on-one interactions uh, was well-received for sure. Um, and I mean, look, the live events, a lot of times, can you make money on an event? Sure. But usually the monetization in my experience or the way that I've run events has been get the people in the room and then offer opportunities for them to expand their experience or education, right? Um And we didn't have any outside sales. There were no others. Every speaker that came there didn't sell anything, which is very unusual um, for the event model. They all came, as I mentioned, to they wanted to hang out with Mark and meet all the people that Mark had brought together, whether it was a speaker or an attendee. So having that focused shoot, right, that there was one call to action, the analysis. There wasn't oh, and get this, and oh, sign up there, and oh, a sponsor's doing this, and all those types of things. So it made the, the I mean, not, not to reduce the activity to a, a mercenary endeavor, but it, it made the sales process um, frictionless. I mean, it was, there was no confusion in the messaging. Uh, there was a very direct path for those who wanted to uh, dive in deeper with their Uh, participation with Mark and his community and what they were doing. So I think that had a, that had a lot to do with, and obviously the talent that you brought with you to support um, the sales efforts and their ability to uh, prepare in advance for what we were going to be talking about and come to the table, a damn near subject matter experts on Mark's body of work. So when they sat with the attendees who had requested additional analysis of the, um, the process that we ran them through, they weren't just getting fluff. They were actually getting um, actionable feedback from the team that you brought because again, they had prepared in advance. They weren't the egotistical sales folks that are like, put me in a room. I'll close them all. Right. This was very, uh, tiring for your team. I'm sure. Cause I don't know how many people that they talked to over a very short period of time, like two and a half days. Um, but the everything from the way that you would, created the, the environment in which the individuals would go and meet with the, the one-on-one analysis. Um, I mean, I think one of our, not one of our larger bills, but a big bill was the fresh flowers that were placed on the tables every single day. Um, me personally, that's the type of detail and extra step that I like to bring to pr- events that I produced. And just for clarity, guys, I wasn't the subject matter expert on Mark's stuff, I was a producer of the event. I paid for the event. I hired the teams. I did. I put the event on. Um, So difference in role. So I was very much involved. I didn't have to worry about being on stage. We had speaker handlers. I was able to observe and calibrate the experience ongoing. Um, And there was no part of your operation that needed any calibration for me to produce the event at the level that I wanted to. So um, again, didn't know what to expect. You and I hadn't worked before. You and I share a, a mutual friend that we both have a lot of respect with, with, Scott. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that really, that was a huge endorsement to me because I respect Scott. I respect his integrity and ethics, and I respect the level at which he operates in his field. And for him to have endorsed you as well, and actually, Scott ended up being our embassy at the event. Um, that was just, it was all very encouraging that I wasn't going to get myself in a situation to where a bunch of ex-sales, you know, telephone sales guys were beating up by customers out back trying to get their wallet out of their pocket. And um, yes, that works. However, you lose a customer for life. Uh, with what we did, um, the way that it was conducted, I think if anything, it elevated Mark's brand with the people that were present or the people that were like uh watching the live stream and that sort of thing. So um, a, tr- a truly unique delivery of the sales process in a, a live event environment. You guys did great.
0: I appreciate that, Doc. Uh, yeah, totally. For the uh, debrief from your perspective, it was great to to hear that as the producer of the event, what you observed, what you saw. You know, both sides of the coin. Um, awesome, man! Great retrospective, and you know. That was, I believe, it was November of 21. Here we are, as of this recording, August of 23. And my oh my, how has business changed just in the last eight months alone? With yeah. OpenAI and ChatGPT and all the industry that's coming out of that, um, it's one of the hottest topics of discussion right now. I'd love to hear from you. You know, you're you're now the CEO or the co-founder of a company that both. That's called CEO and co-founder of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's uh, CertifiedAIOfficer.com?
1: ChiefAIOfficer.com,
0: just like it's spelled. ChiefAIOfficer.com, and you certify professionals to become sort of uh, chief financial, excuse me, chief AI officer, either full-time or part-time. And so you've learned a lot in the industry, and I'm curious to hear from you, um, you know, how do you think AI can be used to optimize live events, especially in terms of, targeting audiences, optimizing yeah. materials, enhancing overall attendee experience. What do you see as possible?
1: You know, that's a great question. There's, um, and depending on your audience, they may be very familiar with the usage of AI or they may not be. Uh, there is this idea, I think, that pe- people that aren't that familiar with it, they think that it's what in the industry is termed artificial general intelligence. It can, it can take information from different sources without your input and come to its own conclusions, produce its own deliverable, things like that. AI is not there. Um, So you can't just like, there's no tool where you can go and say, hey, I want to do a live event in November, handle it. That AI doesn't exist. Where AI does contribute with the current phase of generative AI in particular, um, numerous areas, it's not going to replace the CEO or the, the the human in the loop. It's going to support, augment, uh, accelerate, amplify whatever activities those individuals are doing. Me, I, this we produced this event prior to uh, open access to ChatGPT and Claude and any other transformer that's out there. So we did it the old-fashioned way. We hired people and we managed people and we had check-ins and all that type of thing. I, I think that the biggest benefit for anybody that's thinking about doing an event or running a mastermind is doing a deep analysis of where can, and this is our methodology with Chief AI Officer, we look at all the roles in an organization, do an impact assessment on understanding what this role is. Can it be automated, human augmented, so essentially AI plus human, or can we just pure outsource this to AI depending on the level of complexity of the task? And if an individual were to do that with their current I know I'm probably talking a bunch of entrepreneurs. I don't even know if they have processes, some of them. But if you do have processes in your business, it's not a hard exercise. And even one process that takes somebody, I don't know, that they do daily, let's say, if you were able to either automate, augment, or pure AI, ai that, that that activity, um, it's not like AI comes in and, and does all the heavy lifting. It's like the elephant. It's one bite at a time, right? You introduce it here into this role, here into this function, here into this process, and before you know it, you know very quickly a company can realize twenty to fifty percent in productivity gains just with the twenty dollars subscriptions to things like ChatGPT or you know nine dollars MidJourney or whatever. Um, so I, I, I think that where it's where it's going to support you, it's gonna it's gonna again accelerate the team that you already have. I'm not necessarily suggesting that, hey, look for places to fire people. However, there are certain things within your business that are critical to the business, such as you know, if you're interested in thought leadership, if you're running events, you want to be recognized as somebody whose opinion matters on that subject. Uh, high quality content delivered with high frequency is a great way to establish that uh, that narrative of I'm a thought leader, right? Um, it's a costly without, without the use of technologies and AIs, it can be a, a very costly, very costly both with with capital as well as time resource as well as human resource to have a sophisticated uh, thought leadership effort with AI. Um, it's training one person, now a lot of people think I, I can go into chat GPT and I can just type in something and I can copy and paste that and there's my content so the the lexicon that's used in the industry is that that's it, it, the output is synthetic content, right um our the way that we do things and the way that we advise our uh, certified Chief AI officers to do it is synthetic is first pass, right it still needs we recommend, that someone who knows that thought leader's voice or position on things will go through and massage the synthetic content, right? So you think, well, I'm my, you know, I don't want to do that to my my clients or my community. I don't want to give them a bunch of chat GPT output. Don't. But what Chat GPT does or Claude, or again, any of those that you're using, if you know, if you have a, a level of prompt intelligence as you were exhibiting earlier prior to this, showing me some of your processes internally that are AI-driven. Um, it's You're able to create a version of synthetic that needs very little um, manipulation by a human. The ability for you to create 24 tweets, blog posts, in you know the course of a day even even including first second third pass by your editorial team or you as the subject matter expert I mean that would have been a weeks long progress process that would have required somebody's neural bandwidth to manage that person oh they did they missed Thursday's you know content where are you AI doesn't do that and what it allows you to do a lot of businesses especially look man you're putting on an event there is a discrete environment to exist in it we planned for it to happen here it's happening here there's no uh, the tolerances are extremely tight right you can't hey guys we're going to push the event back a week because we didn't have our act together y- using ai as a tool for you to be able to not be playing catch up not be doing just in time to say Hey, the, months, the events in six months. Let's go ahead and create six months worth of content over the next few days. Done off the plate. That's the box that gets checked on your checklist for putting on your event. Um, you know, drip sequences, email sequences for people who, uh, you know, hit different stages of our funnel. They clicked on the page, but uh, they didn't make it to the landing page. They didn't finish the sales video. All of the the tactical applications that an experienced marketer would be looking for as areas to pick up additional uh, registrations to the event. Wow, man, we need a lot of email written, same process. Email is in a a way, it could be defined as content, right? If you have, if you've planned out as the human, the creative side of it, here's the experience. I want somebody that's on the fence about coming to the event. Here's the experience I want them to, to have during this email sequence. You can use tools, writer tools, AI, ChatGPT, Jasper, things that are very um, easily used, small learning curve and inexpensive. You can use those things again to, hey, we need to hire a copywriter for, you know, 20 grand to write the sales letter for then, And then the emails are going to cost more. Like This could get very, I mean, it was a deep, deep six figures to produce that event for Mark, right? Um I could have saved a lot of money if these tools would have been available to me. Because not only the money, but I want you as a, a, a those listening who are planning on putting on an event or mastermind. There's a lot of anxiety leading up to: uh, Is it going to be done on time? Or you know, like, are we going to? we going to make the deadline? Are we going to fill the seats? If you can do things in advance that and, and leverage AI in that process, that's a third maybe of the event that. Of the event planning and, and execution process that no longer requires a staff that's bandwidth constrained, a bigger budget, um, putting you deeper in the hole prior to your event or whatever the case might be. Like, there's just there's so many applications. But again, if you're thinking that AI is there's a tool out there where you can say, you know, build me a course on this. I'll be back after lunch. That's not how it works at this stage. But what we do have available to us at this stage, if intelligently deployed, the impact is um, most notable, let's say. Yeah, man.
0: I can't even imagine what we'll be just six months from now with what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for uh, for you and what you're doing and creating with uh, certifying people to be uh, AA officers. Um, you know, in the last few minutes that we have here, can you share a little bit more about what you're currently doing with that and how people can sure. learn more about that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, the media has done, I think the media has done a very good job of creating FOMO, particularly in a in a, a business case. Um, you know, your business is going to be extinct. You'll either, you know, I'm attending an event in, in September in Orlando and it's run by a buddy of mine. He's a fantastic copywriter, but his headline was in the next 12 months, You're your business will either be murdered or, you know, like make millions, right? So there's a lot of that sentiment that's being expressed. The media loves to, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. They love the, the fear element of, of stories. So I think that there, I know for a fact, I just came from an event in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago with 700 agencies that are, in the event was a marketing AI conference. Um, all of those agencies, none of them were like sitting back just like, oh yeah, we got this figured out. They were all like, what are you guys doing? i like, the the lack of apparent expertise, and that, it's, it's not a slight against anybody there, but there were no standout experts that were like, oh, she's, she's the person or he's the person for, you know, if you want to get this question answered. So people are finding themselves a business owner. I got to at least figure out how to deploy, deploy this or can I deploy it? Who do I talk to? Are you going to watch a TikTok video? I mean, that's tactical stuff. So, what we focus on, and we've seen the inside of a lot of companies in, in the process of our growth architecture. And what I know is that most companies, excluding yours, yours is very well run, but most companies have some degree of dysfunction within their operations, whether that's laziness or poor process or not clear really on where we're we going to be this time next year. Um, if you were to just say, hey, go learn AI to somebody on your team and they come in and your business is dysfunctional, it's just going to create more bandwidth for you to introduce more dysfunction. Not an ideal scenario. Yeah, you're using AI, but you're not getting the true benefit of what's possible. So a big part of our certification is um, training the individuals on our AI business strategy and how, like, how do we develop an AI business strategy for a company? And we've got a whole process. We call it ignition. We've been doing it for years. Um, But part of that process includes, once we've got a, a clear strategic direction that the entire leadership team has bought into, like everybody's like, okay, three years from now, five years from now, next year, all the way down to this quarter, we've mapped everything out in that process. It becomes a lot easier to Use AI in an intelligent manner because it's not just like, oh, let's create some blog post. What for? Right? Well, because that's going to lead to this step, to this step. And it's um, a very clear path. Once those individuals have gone through certification and understand the development of the strategy, we teach them how to go from strategic development to tactical deployment. Okay. Through uh, one of the things you guys could do, or anybody listening, if you have an organizational chart, or you got a list of your employees, run them through a process I referenced earlier, which it's an impact assessment, it does two things. It allows you to understand how you can optimize that role using this tech and also how much money it'll either make you or save you by doing that. And the assessment that we do is we look at every op- every role in an organization, not the person, but the role. Can it be automated, human augmented, which is human in the loop with AI, right? Or a human with prompt intelligence using AI, or are there tools that we can use pure ai yet if you were to do that for each role in your organization um you might only find like well we can use this tool for that person but this role damn do we still need it right like you you really make some discoveries and when you look at not only can i automate augment or, or ai fi we call it um but you then you attach a dollar value to it and if you do that depending on the size of your business or your team um once you do that process it's a big number, right? Relative to, to whatever. I don't care if you're doing hundred million a year or you're doing a million dollars a year. Relatively, the impact will be a big number. And the increase in sales and the reduction in one of the largest burdens for any corporation or, or business is going to be, you know, staffing, humans. Um, so we run them through that process. They end up with a certification. We've got uh, we've been recognized by the International Association of Chief AI officers as. Their uh really their preferred training and testing environment for certifications. Um and we're getting outreach from uh all levels of business, from large enterprise down to you know solopreneurs. So find us at chiefaiofficer.com if you're interested. Wow, that's exciting,
0: brother. Chiefaiofficer.com. Go there now. <laughs> get registered my recommendation here would be for everyone listen to this um even if you're a person of one a business of one which probably you're not if you're looking to do an event but uh i think this is one of the most valuable skills that someone can develop one of my mentors told me earlier this year just invest 30 minutes a day learning how to prompt yes and uh and that's that's been a huge huge thing and i've been able to unlock so many uh productivity things within the business and even personally as a result so there's no skill that I can think of right now that would be more valuable and probably no course that would be more valuable than going through your certification. Thank you. So whether it's a business owner or someone on their team. So I highly, highly, highly recommend. In fact, I'm planning on sending a member of my team at least yep. one to your certification here very soon. So thank you, uh, Dr. Daigle, for my pleasure. Uh, your interview today. And thank you for your insights. And it's thank just so you. exciting for, uh, for the future and being on the the side of adaptation, right? They say if you can't beat it, you join them. So yeah, yeah. let's join the AI and let's, <laughs> let's uh, find a way to uh, better ourselves and better, better others' lives with more productivity and AI. So thank you. Sir. Very good.
1: Thank you for the invitation, Rudy. Thank you so much. I hope everybody got something out of this today. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people, and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind-type programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab, and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review, and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.